Hi, Rebels. This Financial Literacy Month, Rebel Girls teamed up with Greenlight, the debit card and money app for families, to bring you everything you need to be smart with your money and to build healthy habits that last a lifetime. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to make smart choices with every penny, whether you're saving for something special or learning to invest. Greenlight gives kids the power to be independent and grown-ups can trust that their kids have money wherever they are. Sign up at greenlight.com slash rebelgirls to get your first month at no cost and start building money confidence for life. Hey, Rebels. Today, we're sharing an episode from our friends at Who, When, Wow, the podcast about the unsung heroines and heroes from history. We'll hear about Bessie Stringfield, the first African-American woman to travel across America solo on a motorcycle. If you like this episode, head over to Tinkercast.com for more stories about the lives of unsung heroes, unknown heroines, and amazing humans who make us say, wow. Okay, now on with the show. In summer 2021, more than two dozen women from across the United States got together to achieve an ambitious goal. All right, ladies, listen up. Starting today, we are traveling through every single state except Hawaii and Alaska. And we're doing it on our motorcycles. Rise and ride. Rise and ride. The ride would be tough and grueling, with a high chance of accidents, mechanical difficulties, not to mention bitter cold in the mountains and sweltering heat in the desert. But these women didn't care because they were paying tribute to another female motorcyclist who did the exact same thing they were doing. Only she crisscrossed the country 100 years ago and she did it eight times. What's more, she did it while riding solo, female, and black. So fill up your tank, strap on your helmet, and get ready for one wild ride as we bring you the story of Bessie Stringfield a woman who revved and roared past the speed bumps and roadblocks of life and blazed an unforgettable trail into history. I'm Rebecca Shear, and this is Who and Wow. Our past is vast and wild. Many things have brought us to this day. has been compiled some important details have slipped away in our spectacular shared existence we consider it a business to recognize a few folks you may not know Stringfield told a lot of stories about her life, especially her early days, and to this day, historians aren't sure which, if any, are true. But if we take Bessie's word for it, she was born on the island of Jamaica in either 1911 or 1912. Her parents then moved to Boston, Massachusetts, where Bessie was orphaned at age five and adopted by an Irish woman. 
According to Bessie, when her 16th birthday was coming up, her adoptive mother wanted to get her something special. Bessie, dear, your 16th birthday is coming up, and I want to get you something special. So, what would you like? A pretty dress, maybe? A new board game? Maybe a new... A new motorcycle! I was going to say makeup kit. You want a new motorcycle? Yes. Our upstairs neighbor has one, and it's the neatest thing. But it's only 1928, sweetheart. Motorcycles aren't very common yet, or popular. And besides, good girls don't ride motorcycles. No girls do. Then I'll be the first. Bessie's mom was dead set against getting her daughter a motorcycle. But Bessie had her mind set Can on- Can I please have a motorcycle? She had her mind set please? on- Please? She had her mind set Please? On... All right, fine, if it'll make you happy. And if it means you'll let Rebecca Shear continue her story- Thanks for that. Then I'll get you a motorcycle. Thanks, Mom! You're the best! So, Bessie got her motorcycle, a 1928 Indian Scout, a model popular with racers and stunt riders. She immediately went to work, teaching herself how to ride. Okay, so, I turn the gas on, like this. <laughs> then I set the choke valve to make sure the right amount of air is flowing to the engine. Now, I'll kick the kick pedal to get things going. Check the throttle, and woo! Here I go! This is amazing! <laughs> Turns out Bessie was a natural. She spent the next three years riding her Indian scout all around Boston and ignoring the gossip of her disapproving neighbors. Can you believe it? A girl on a motorcycle? How unladylike. But Bessie didn't give a choke valve about ladylike. And in 1930, tired of riding through the same old streets, she began biking around the country, taking what she called penny tours. She would unfold a map of the United States. Okay. She would flip a penny. Here goes. And wherever the coin landed on the map, that was where she'd go next. Huh. Wheeling, West Virginia, here I come. But revving and roaring her way across the United States wasn't easy. First off, you know how nowadays the United States has this colossal interstate highway system? Freedom on wheels. That's the gift of our time-saving superhighways. Free-flowing channels of concrete and steel connecting point A to points X, Y, and Z. Well, we didn't even start building those highways until the 1950s. And Bessie was doing this in 1930. So, most roads were country roads, rough dirt and gravel. And what's more, if Bessie's motorcycle hit a rock or blew a tire, it wasn't like she could whip out her smartphone and call for roadside assistance, so she had to be her own mechanic. Honestly, though, rough roads and tire blowouts were the least of Bessie's troubles. You see, the 1930s were a very difficult time for black people. Segregation was still legal, with Jim Crow laws separating blacks from whites in places like schools, buses, and theaters, not to mention restaurants and hotels. So when Bessie was on the road, if she wanted to grab a bite to eat, I think I'll grab a bite to eat. Or lay down for the night. <sighs> I think I'll lay down for the night. She had to find places that welcomed blacks. 
And in the South especially, those places were few and far between. This motel is for whites only. This diner is for whites only. Only whites are allowed. Only whites. No colored people. No. Okay, I get it. Sheesh. I'll just do what I always do and find a friendly black family to take me in. Elsewise, I'll sleep on my motorcycle at a gas station. Bessie always found a way to keep going in spite of everything, including the time in Georgia when she was chased by a mob of... Actually, why am I telling this story? Uh, uh Bessie? Yes, Rebecca Shear? Uh, look, I know you're in the middle of another penny tour, but do you mind cutting in for a moment? I mean, I know how much you love telling stories. Well... I do have a few minutes before I toss another penny and figure out my next destination. So, you want to hear about Georgia, huh? If you wouldn't mind. Well, wherever I rode, people were overwhelmed to see a black woman riding a motorcycle. But down in Stone Mountain, Georgia, a racist mob started chasing me. On foot. The only way to escape was to jump on my bike and ride away faster than they could chase me. That's amazing. It was. But afterward, I felt like there was nothing I couldn't do. My bike was like wings carrying me to safety. And now, if you'll excuse me, I have a penny to toss. Huh. Boulder, Colorado. Here I come. It took Bessie six months, but at age 19, she became the first black woman to motorcycle solo across the United States. Over the years that followed, she would do it again seven times, driving through every state but Alaska and Hawaii. She would even ride her motorcycle across Brazil, Europe, and Haiti. And she would trade in her Indian scout for a Harley Davidson, what would soon become her motorcycle brand of choice. Along the way, to support herself, Bessie had the brilliant idea of turning her hobby into a moneymaker by performing motorcycle stunts at carnivals and fairs. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up and see the death-defying stunts of the bold, the brave, the brassy Bessie Stringfield. This magnificent motorcyclist can ride while standing on her bike, one foot on the seat, the other on the handlebars. She can jump from one side of her bike to the other without losing speed. But you'll be bowled over when Bessie and her motorcycle enter the Wall of Death and race around the inside of this giant wooden globe so fast they go sideways and upside down. So, Get your tickets now, because just like Bessie Stringfield, they'll go fast. Bessie was becoming a bit of a star, but she still dealt with racism and sexism. Motorcycling was in its early days, but it was already a male-dominated sport, and Bessie knew that. Sometimes she'd enter motorcycle races, again, to make some money, and since the races were for men only, she often disguised herself as a man. She kept her helmet on with her face covered as she and her bike signed in. You here to race, sir? I sure... I sure am. Alrighty then, you'll be racer number three, sir. Wheel your bike over to the starting line. We'll be starting any second. Thank you kindly. And they're off! 
taking a very quick lead is racer number three, followed by one, two, and four. Around the far turn, and the leader is still racer number three, leaving every other racer in the dust. They're in the final stretch now, and it's very clear the winner is racer number three. Racer number three, please come to the grandstand and claim your prize. But when Bessie walked up to the grandstand and took off her helmet... Racer number three is a woman? Last time I checked, sir. Well, I'm sorry, but women racers are not allowed. We can't give you the prize money, miss. Best to move along. As far as we know, Bessie always did move along. She never fought back. Maybe it's because she knew bigger things lay ahead. Much bigger things. We'll find out more when Who and Wow continues. I have to tell you about my friend Penelope. She is hilarious. She only eats cheese doodles and canned beans, and she loves to sing and fly through walls. Wait, did I tell you that Penelope is my imaginary friend? Well, she is, but she's totally real to me. Anywho, Penelope and I are very excited because there's a new movie coming out on May 17 all about imaginary friends. It's called IF, which stands for Imaginary Friends. Pretty cool, am I right? IF is so much fun with lovable fuzzy giants and bright new galaxies. It stars Kaylee Fleming as B, a girl who discovers that she can see everyone else's ifs. Meanwhile, Cal, played by Ryan Reynolds, can also see ifs. Together, they team up and go on a magical adventure to reconnect forgotten ifs with their kids. If is from the brilliant mind of writer-director John Krasinski. It also stars John Krasinski, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Maya Rudolph, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt, Aquafina, and Steve Carell, just to name a few. It celebrates the incredible power of curiosity and creativity, and it's definitely a laugh-out-loud adventure for the whole family. If comes out in theaters starting May 17th and is guaranteed to knock your socks off. What? Oh, Penelope says she wears two pairs of socks at all times. Also, that imaginary friends get limitless refills on popcorn. So join us in the theater on May 17. Bring your imaginary friends too. Welcome back to Who and Wow. I'm Rebecca Shear. Today we're talking about trailblazing motorcyclist Bessie Stringfield. Bessie Stringfield had been on the road for more than 10 years when the United States entered World War II. Soon after, or so the story goes, Bessie was out riding on a hot summer day when she decided to cool off in a nearby movie theater. And before the movie started, they played a newsreel about how women were helping the war effort. Who and Wow News presents Woman Power in the War. With so many of our men fighting overseas, the United States is calling on women to fight for victory back home. Women are finding jobs in factories, welding, drilling, and riveting, just like this riveter here. 
A gal by the name of Rosemary. My friends call me Rosie. Rosie the Riveter. And how do you like your new job, Rosie? I love it. And what do you say about women helping win the war back home? I say, we can do it. So there you have it, folks. With the help of America's women, the United States will win the battle and the war. Bessie was eager to serve her country while also riding her motorcycle. So she joined the U.S. Army as a civilian dispatcher. A civilian dispatcher was a courier or messenger who delivered important, often top-secret documents from one army base to another. On training day, Bessie discovered she was the only woman in her unit. Gentlemen and lady. Thank you very much. Welcome to your first day of training. Before I teach you to become the very best civilian dispatchers you can be, I want to know, are you ready to work? Yes, sir! To sweat? Yes, yes sir! To cry? Yes, sir! Good. Then let's start with our first exercise. Riding your motorcycles to the top of this sandy hill. As you can see, the hill is so steep, it's practically straight up. Who'd like to give it a try? I will, sir. Uh, okay. Very well. Off you go. As you can see, men, without the proper training, there's no way Miss Stringfield could possibly make it to the top of the hill. Up top, sir! Okay. Well, uh... How about you try our next exercise, Miss Stringfield? Making a sharp hairpin turn, speeding your bike around completely, and riding back to the group here. As you'll see, men, this move is incredibly difficult to do without your bike skidding out of control. How's that, sir? How was that? That was... That was... very good. But this next drill's a real toughie. As a motorcycle dispatcher, you'll find yourself in some real tough spots. In case you ever need to ride across a swamp, say, or a marsh, I want you to use these tree limbs and ropes to construct a bridge. Okay. And when you're done, I want you to ride your bike across that bridge. Given the importance of weaving the limbs and ropes together in just the right way, I think you'll find it's an extremely challenging task to accomplish the first time around. Since you need I'm to- I'm across the bridge, sir. Anything else you'd like me to try? Bessie took to this new gig like a pumped up tire takes to the road and spent the next four years crisscrossing the country, delivering messages from army base to army base. Important message from Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Top secret message from Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Confidential message from Fort Hood, Texas. After the war ended, Bessie kept riding. And in the 1950s, after she had been on the road for 20-some years and had crisscrossed the country eight times, she decided she would finally settle down in Miami, Florida. Of course, just because Bessie was settling down didn't mean she was sitting still. She kept riding her motorcycle, or motorcycles, I should say. Bessie owned 28 motorcycles in her lifetime. The Indian Scout her mother gave her, plus 27 Harley Davidsons. Oh, nice to see you at our dealership again, Miss Stringfield. Are you here for another Harley-Davidson? Oh, you know it, Joe. In my estimation, Harley-Davidson is the only motorcycle ever made. Bessie began making a name for herself as the so-called Motorcycle Queen of Miami. But Miami was still segregated in the 1950s. And as Bessie raced down the palm tree-lined streets, she turned more than a few heads, including those of local law enforcement. The way Bessie would later tell it, she had this one particular run-in. You 
On the motorcycle. Please pull over. With the captain of the police. Excuse me, ma'am. Yes, officer? Captain, actually. I'm in charge of Miami's police force. I see. Well, captain, did I do something wrong? Did you do something wrong? You did something downright illegal, ma'am. Black women are not permitted to ride motorcycles here in Miami. What? Do I need a special license? A black woman like you can't get a license, ma'am. Unless... Unless what? Unless you prove to me you deserve it. Show me some tricks. Some tricks? Surely the folks around here don't call you the motorcycle queen of Miami for nothing. Show me some tricks. Do a figure eight. A figure eight? All right. Now, stand up on the seat and keep riding. All right. Now, sit back down, keep your bike up to speed, then slip off the back, run to catch it, and get back on again. All right. How was that, Captain? <laughs> well, I'll be. I've never seen a woman ride like that. I've never seen anyone ride like that. Come to the station first thing tomorrow, and we'll get you that license. Your Majesty. That was the last time Bessie had any trouble with the police. In fact, word has it she and the captain wound up becoming close personal friends. In the 1960s, Bessie started her own motorcycle club, the Iron Horse Motorcycle Club. Remembering her own difficulties on the road, she turned her house into a meeting place for motorcyclists. Anyone biking through town was welcome to stop there for a bite to eat or a place to stay. The decades went by, Bessie got older, and people in Miami loved seeing this silver-haired motorcycle queen riding her Harleys through the streets. The only person who didn't approve was her doctor. Thanks for coming to the office today, Bessie. What is it, Doc? I've been feeling fit as a well-oiled brake lever. I'm glad to hear it, Bessie, because there's a problem with your heart. My heart? It's too big. Of course my heart's too big. I've been opening my home to so many motorcyclists through the years. The place is a pigsty. Grease and boot prints everywhere. But I don't mind. Bessie, you don't understand. Your heart is literally too big. It's enlarged. What? I don't know how we didn't catch it earlier, but your heart is three times the size it's supposed to be. You're going to have to stop riding. Stop riding? Your heart is putting extra strain on your body, and so is your motorcycle. The only way to save your life save is to- Save my life? The only way to save my life, doctor, is to keep riding. If I don't ride, I won't live long. You can count on that. So Bessie went against her doctor's orders and kept riding. Rise and ride. And riding. Rise and ride. And then, at the age of 82 or 83, Bessie took her final ride. She passed away in Miami in 1993. Seven years later, the American Motorcycle Association created the Bessie Stringfield Award. Two years after that, Bessie was inducted into the Motorcycle Hall of Fame. And in 2014, women across the country gathered for the first 
annual Bessie Stringfield All-Female Ride. Rise and ride! Rise and ride! Bessie Stringfield may not be so well known outside the world of motorcycling, but there's so much we all can learn from her story. The motorcycle queen of Miami can inspire us to keep moving forward, chase our dreams, and always, always enjoy the ride. Who and Wow is an original Tinkercast production. Our show is written by me, Rebecca Shear. Eric Shimalonis is the mastermind behind our original music and sound design. Meredith Halpern-Ranzer, Mindy Thomas, and Guy Raz serve as our show's executive producers, with additional production assistance from Henry Moskal. Our Who When Wow theme song was composed and performed by The Pop-Ups. For more on their three-time Grammy-nominated all-ages music, find them at thepopups.com. Special thanks to this week's actors, Evan Casey, Kevin Corbett, Ryan DeLusung, Mike Smith, Alexia Trainer, and Don Ursula. Want to keep the Who and Wow experience going all week long? Grown-ups, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at WhoWhenWowPod. Visit WhoWhenWow.com for free activities and resources that extend the wow after each episode. We couldn't put the wow in Who and Wow without you, so thanks for listening. Now get out there and make a difference in your world. You could be the next who to wow the future. Who won wow was made by Tinkercast and sent to you by Wondery. Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right. You can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening.